Well, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to greet today, but uh, that's out of the window. Um, for me, um, it's pretty easy to get my guitar, and, and that's far I'm comfortable with the Lord, but taking out a while is a different story. I do believe that the Lord has given my word this morning um, to share. The title of the message this morning is God, Becoming a Dwelling Place for the Lord. And it's a journey that I've been on, and, and it's a, definitely a journey that, that we all should be on. And we'll cover fit becoming a cornerstone, or fit the Lord being a cornerstone is, being vessels and temples, and then fit means to be a dwelling place for the Lord and, and today. So um, I've got us pal for work, and uh, we go walking every day. And when I started... When I started um, work with this company, I was a summer placement student. And I was paired with this guy. He's a buddy. So he was two years above me, or he'd, he'd been in taking the whole summer I spent with him. And he wasn't a Christian at this point. And uh, I seen the Lord work in his life for uh, a few years ago. And he's a Christian who, um, and what changed in his life? Um, he says to me one day from was out walking, he said, I don't understand. This folk that are known Christians, far do they put their hope? Fit, 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 is, fit is the point of life. Does it just, do they think life just stops when they go to the grave? Fits their strength. But he got saved during an Alpha course, and, and he, um, he actually leads the Alpha course for, for his church now in Peterhead. And what a change in his life. And we started an Alpha course four weeks ago. And it's funny how every time you see something, whether it's in the Bible or whether it's something else, if you see it again, it's not the first time I've watched that video, but this particular thing, it's maybe what I was thinking about at the time, but it really jumped out in me. And if anybody's seen the first video, Alpha, it, it, they must be gone through and it must be something like, uh, what do you think the purpose of life is? Or where do you get your basis for living? We didn't actually see the questions being asked, but it goes through different folk and it's asking and you just see their answers coming. And this particular one answer, this uh, person jumped out at me and I think a night that was in the phone table here with me, I, I shared that with them at the time. But this girl says, I do my research. I take a bit for here. I take a bit for there. And then I build my own cornerstone based on that. And that's a dangerous place to be. Fucking's the importance of a cornerstone in a building. It's a first stone laid in any structure, and all the other stones are laid in reference to that one stone. It's got to be square, or if it's near the hill structure, it'll be, be off, and nothing else is built around it. And if I visit somebody's house, if I go to Pauline's, Pauline's got a new house. Maybe that doesn't care now. It's maybe not too new, a couple of years old now. A year and a half old. So Pauline's got a year and a half old house. So if I go into Pauline's house, what I'm going to see is, oh, I love that paintwork here, Pauline. Or if I go into somebody else's house, I say, oh, hey, Miriam, did you notice that table and chairs? I love that kitchen table. But it's the inside and the de decor of the house that we notice, isn't it? Another side of that, Nathan's gone through a building project and he's putting on an extension in the back. And within I go out and say, Nathan, love that cornerstone. <laughs> love the foundations you've got in there. It's a beautiful cement job. But you get something. Though I'm looking at the inside of Pauline's house or whatever it is, it doesn't take a while how important that cornerstone is and that foundation is. Every single thing that stands on that foundations is there because of the foundations and the cornerstone. So everything in our lives is based on that foundation that we've got. And that person in Alpha, I do my research, take a bit for there, take a bit for here, and then that becomes my cornerstone. 
And the longer this world goes on, the more dangerous that's going to be because we're, this world has gone one way. So in the Old Testament, I think Nathan's going to put up um, some of the verses we go through today. Um, in the Old Testament, before Jesus came, it says in Isaiah 28, 16 to 17, Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. I will test you with the measuring line of justice and the plumb line of righteousness. Since your refuge is made of lies, a hailstorm will knock it down. Since it is made of deception, a flood will sweep it away. So it was prophesied before the Lord came. And then the New Testament, after Jesus came and after he was born, in Matthew 21, 42, it refers again to the cornerstone. This is then Jesus asked them, didn't you ever read this in scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. So if you didn't care for Jesus is, maybe it's the first time you've been to church, maybe you've been here a few times, but maybe you've lived this life for a, a number of years, but you didn't care for Jesus is, and if it means for him to become the cornerstone. So right back in Genesis, sin entered the world, and Eve um, ate the, the apple for the one tree, the one I supposed to, she gave to, to Adam. And then that was then far, it was a perfect world at that point. They were told, Nate, they chose, they, they then created that gulf between man and God. And in the Old Testament, before Jesus actually died for us, the only way to atone for their sins, and that was blood sacrifices, and they had to go to the temple, and somebody else had to do it for him. They had to wash their cell however many times a day. If you had to wash your cell seven times uh, uh, before he came this morning, I'm pretty sure there would be about 20 folk in here. But, but there had certain things that they had to, to, to live their lives by. And we as humans, we just couldn't uh, meet the mark. And then Jesus came. It says in John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him would not perish and have everlasting life. And all we've got to do is believe in him and choose to follow him. And he's what our lives are built on. And if that is what our lives are built on, people should see something different about us, something different about the way we handle situations and you, as I say, in the, is it, is it, the longer you spend with somebody, the more you grow like him or something like that. And that's the same for the Lord. The more time you spend in his presence, the more time you spend with him, the more like him we become. And I hear, um, I've got my, my Bible reading plans, but Margaret gave me this devotional probably about three years ago, I would say. And it's sat here. And she gives me a lot of books like... Um, but this scene I picked up this, this year, and sometimes it's nay for that time, but I felt like it was the right time for this book. It's called Reckless Devotion. But all year, I've been in this devotional so far, and it speaks about being an empty vessel and becoming a temple for the Lord. And the Lord woke me up one day and... Um, Gave my new song. I actually had, a, had the words before I got up. I hadn't heen my guitar, so I didn't really care how it was going to sound. But surprisingly, it was pretty good. Well, I thought it was anyway. But this is the area has been speaking to my own. In early times, clay jars that they that they held the the water or the wine in, there was nothing glamorous about them. They were fragile. They were breakable. They were made for dust and dirt. They didn't stand, stand out on the outside. They were perishable, and they weren't made to last forever. And that's much like us as humans. We have an expiry date. But it wasn't the outside that really was the, the, the important stuff. It was fit was held within that clay jars that was the real value. And it's what's within us that actually has the power to change, change the world and change the atmosphere around you. 
This morning, I want to tell you that you are made to be a receptacle for his glory, his love, his compassion, his grace, his mercy. And you've got a choice to accept that or say, I'm just going to go on this journey myself. But ah, he wants to do, ah, he wants us a place to inhabit. And as we allow that in his presence to come in daily, we can then overflow into the world around us. And then that is fun, things are changed. We don't have the power to do it ourselves. And we did have a choice. Living empty can be done. It is tough and it's fruitless. I've had points far I've certainly walked through life. Maybe not consulting them in the decisions that I've had. Maybe led worship for a place that's it's a dry place. It's easy to play a guitar and sing. But when you're living for a place where he's pouring in, and you are pouring out for he's pouring in, it's a completely different situation. Every day it's a choice that we make. And I, I read a quote yesterday, which I, I thought was really good, and summed up this area. It says, we can't impart anything of eternal value to others out of our own natural resources, but we can draw in the riches of heaven and change a person's life. And that is the power that we hold within us. So moving on to Ephesians 2, verse 19 to 21. It says, So now you gentles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family, Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. So in the Old Testament, before Jesus came and gave his life, the temple was, was a building. I was going to say it was just a building there, but it was a building maybe not just a building. It was a special building. It was a holy place set apart for the Lord. But in the New Testament, we are his temple. A temple to hold the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amazing, isn't it? If we go back to, to, to if we can just pop a, a, a verse um, there, next bit. It says, Christ is the cornerstone. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ is a cornerstone. And then the early church came, and then with the prophets and, and the apostles, and the teachings, there's so much of their teachings in this word in the Bible that, that we then live our lives um, on their teaching. It says, and together we are his house. So us, together, built on the foundations of these, where Christ is the cornerstone, together we are his house. So straight away, we are his house. When you make that decision to give your life to Jesus. But then the last sentence, if you go on, it says we're becoming a holy temple for the Lord. So we are his house, but we're becoming, and this word becoming means we're in the process. It's a doing word, and Kevin mentioned last week that we are on this journey and on this process, and the same thing here, it says becoming. Not just instantly a perfect temple, but becoming. And the mayor would press into him, and the mayor would spend time with him, the more you see this temple, the more you grow in that, in, that, in that area. So this morning, I'm just going to go through a bit about what the, the temple is. In fact, it means 
in some of the, uh, the New Testament living or the New co- Covenant living. So temple, we'll go through set apart and holy. It's a place of worship, a place of prayer, a place of sacrifice. It was God's treasury and a dwelling place for the Lord. So some we may cover in a wee bit more than others. But just starting we set apart and holy. The temple was the most, most holy place that was set apart. And it says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 to 20, that our bodies are temple of the Holy Spirit within us. That we are not our own, as we've been bought by a price and should glorify God with our body. We must live a life with Jesus at the center and set apart for his glory, consecrating our lo- our, ourselves to the Lord. There has to be a place for him. If you're in this journey and you've given your life, there's a lot of things in this life that can take the place of Jesus, but he has to be at the center in your life if you're becoming a temple of the Lord. This, this could speak to us in a number of different ways. There's a spiritual aspect, but also sometimes we... And, and, and certain folk are, are maybe maybe get involved in this a, a, a bit more, but there's so many different ways. But sometimes we physically abuse our own bodies, and, and sometimes that's uh, uh, mentally or sometimes that's um, physically for some folks. Some folk hates their appearance. But this is the temple the Lord's given us. So we've got to embrace it. And I, there is, we can look after our bodies and we can, I'm looking at Jill here. She very much looks after her body every time I'm driving down Strahan Road. She's pounding the streets. But we can do that. But you've got to accept that this is the shell that the Lord has given you. And he was delighted when he made you at the end. And we need to stop seeing shame in that area. We're set apart and holy. So next place about the temple, the temple was a place of worship. And when I say a place of worship, it's neat. We've, we've had a great time of congregational worship this morning with Paul in a, in, in a corporate worship. But a place of worship is a lifestyle of praise and glorifying God in everything that you do. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it says, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And even in the tough times, because there's a lot of tough times, thanking God for not leaving us every day, and for phase done, a heart of gratitude and glorifying God has been a place of worship. Sometimes that's all we've got, just a heart of gratitude. And moving on to a place of prayer. In Isaiah 56, 7, it says, I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem and will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifices because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Are you known as a person of prayer? There are some amazing prayer warriors, and I'm looking out um, in this place this morning, and I could tell you people that I can are just prayer warriors, and, and they, they, their thing is prayer. And I could tell you that. There's others have no clue. They say anybody's nay. But I can for definitely is. Uh, the, 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 the prayer meeting our church is really the spiritual center of the church and there are some special times there on a Tuesday night downstairs at 7 I would encourage anybody to be but for me prayer times at home oh trying to find a trying to find a space without a burn is, 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 is difficult enough but, but 
for me, him is sometimes something that um, in the past that I have struggled with, and sometimes still, still is. Prayer is a, a, a minefield, really, isn't it? How is it done? What type of prayer do I do? Because there are so many types of prayer. The Lord tells us um, uh, how to pray in the, uh, the Lord's Prayer in the Bible. But if you go through that Lord's Prayer, it covers about every line is a different type of prayer. We've got intercessional prayer, petition, warfare, confession, thanksgiving. So many different types of prayer, if you think. It's awful easy to get overwhelmed. But ultimately, it's our primary method of speaking to the Lord. And He just wants to hear us speaking to Him and hear us listen. We're not graded on our prayers. I've heard folks saying, oh, he, he can say a good prayer, or she can say a good prayer. We can all say good prayers. We're not graded in our prayers. The Lord just wants to hear us speaking to him. It's our opportunity to share some of our lives with him and meditate in his word. I read a book last year um, called How to Pray by Pete Gregg. It was brilliant. Um, and that's the basis for the prayer course that we're going through on a Tuesday night. Um, I haven't been able to, to, to go to any of the, the evenings yet, but that kind of goes through at different types of prayer and speaks about unanswered prayer as well. But if it is an area that you struggle with, just keep going. Just keep going. It's a journey. Um, there is an app called Lectio 365, and, and again, Sarah... Um, I spoke about this before, um, and for I'm, I don't use it every day, but when I'm driving to Aberdeen, it's something that um, I put on for the first 10 minutes. And it just goes through P-R-A-Y, so, and it's got a different thing, focus area every day. So P is pause, just to be still in his presence. Um, approach as we come into a time of prayer, just kind of really settle down. R is rejoice and reflect. Re uh, rejoicing in a psalm and then reflecting on a passage, just kind of focusing your time around a passage. And then A is asking Jesus to come into that situation or help him just to guide us far, far our steps are going. And then Y is yield, return his word, to his word again and say a yield in prayer, knowing his will is higher than yours. And I didn't follow that uh, all the time, but it's a good place to start. Um, and Abdi's at a different point in their, their prayer journey. Um, and I would encourage you, if it is something that you're starting on, just kind of, just start to say a few words, start to speak to him, um, and he'll speak to you. This is in Psalm 104 to 5. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Go into his courts with praise and give thanks to him and praise his name. And then in Philippians 4, six to seven it says don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell god what you need and thank him for all he's done so in a number of these it says before we ask come in thank him thank him for what he has done praise him for who he is we can he's the name above all names we can us and from we've got a place in our hearts we can then just say Lord, come and help me. But entering first with thanksgiving in our hearts and enter our courts with praise. And also from Wadiat, and thank him for all he's done. It reminds ourselves as we're coming to our issues and our, and our struggles that if I remind, eh, declare this out, I'm reminding myself that he is faithful, he is good, he is bigger. He is able, and we can come for a place of um, strength, caring that he is able to answer our, our, our prayers, and nay, was the why we want it. Sometimes that's a struggle, isn't it? Sometimes situations in the earthly, we may feel this is getting tougher here. This is getting harder here. That's why it was meant to plan, it, plan out. There is always, the, the Lord has always got a reason for taking us through some way. But we can always walk through, yeah. And the next 
the thing uh, I want to cover is a place of sacrifice. So the temple is a place of sacrifice. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, this is 1 Peter 2, 5 to 9. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Um, as the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor. So it keeps going. And then doing it, verse 9, it says, But you are not like that, for you are chosen people. You are ro- royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So it says there, you're living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. So again, this is going on about this journey that we're on, and we're not there yet, but it's a process. And he says, you are royal priests. So in the New Testament, we're not going to be walking us, doing us door where uh, goats who are our shooters and do it in the front and sacrificing. But your spiritual sacrifice um, in the, the uh, New Testament is praising God. It's taking that time out of your day to pray. It's to do good things, to serve the folks around you, it's to speak to your neighbor and serving, as Margaret said. And this morning, um, Kevin spoke about serving and we, we, we clapped to the folk for our serving. There is so much goes on in this church. So much opportunity to impact struggling folks. Parents, the tough situations in this broch, some that you wouldn't even imagine goes on in our, our tomb. But they come here on a Friday night And it's an opportunity to show the love of God and show light to a dark situation. David and Sandra, they come. David is a boss. They sit there, they be there. And that is serving. If you see two folks serving, these two are involved in everything. I'm not saying you need to be involved in everything. But that is a heart for serving sitting where they are. Sometimes when we just give a sacrifice a praise, it's for a really difficult place. And it can be that difficult place and you choosing to praise the Lord that can be the change in the atmosphere and give you the peace that you need. And the last thing there, it says, also we can show others the goodness of God through our experiences in life. We've got so much opportunity to, to, to share so I was walking doing, um, I was walking doing, uh, we're speaking about light in the dark, I was walking doing the, uh, and that's kind of side note, but I was walking doing the street this week, abiding Alexandra Terrace, and it was really strange, I was just listening to my music, and I had my ears uh, thing, my hat on, and I seen somebody across the road, Far Kent, and I was not thinking nothing of it, I was just walking doing, listening to my music, walking a while without care in the world. As if it like, sometimes we just expect a response. Eh? If it like, fine, I we didn't even stop. I never stopped my music, so I stopped my music anyway. But I noticed she was on the other side of the road, like walking, and uh, the other side of the road was completely. My pavement was completely clear. Her pavement was covered in ice, and she was really, really watching far. She was walking. Now, she could have crossed onto my side, but her house was there, so she wasn't just being daft. But as soon as I seen that, and as soon as I left her, the Lord spoke to me, and he says, walk confidently in the Lord. And in Proverbs 3.23, it says, we can walk confidently in the Lord. And I, and, and I got thinking, why is that other side still got other ice, and why is nay? But the light has been shining here. And my side, the light was shining. On the other side, there were shadows and there was darkness. And she had a choice to walk out of my side and come out of the light. 
but she remained in the darkness. And her house was in the darkness. So that's why she bid in the darkness. But it, it really spoke to me that we have a choice to walk in the light and walk confidently in the Lord. That's what we're covering this morning. We've all got the opportunity to become a temple of the Lord and have His presence. There is so much power available to us. There is so much more than just choosing them once and then that's us. Every day we've got a choice to get more and more and more and more. And I place a treasure, God's treasury, so a, little, a lot of treasure and gold found in the temples, eh? If you read it, there was luxury materials. There was ribbon, there was gold, there was all sorts. Infinite was plunder taken, infinite was a lord. It was put into, taken back to the temple and it was stored. And we may not have monetary value. You may, you, may, you, might have, you might be a millionaire sitting this morning. You might have nothing. But we do have treasure available to give that's beyond any monetary value that the world is searching for and we've got the answer. It can impact others. As we begin to live for that area and pour out, it can change the atmosphere about you. And the last thing, the dwelling place of the Lord. So, the temple in the Old Testament, it was a place of relationship, albeit it was a distant place. You maybe had to come through the priest and there was the, the veil into the Holy of Holies and sometimes it was through somebody else. But it was a place of relationship. And Solomon dedicated the temple in, in Second Chronicles 7, 1-5. to when Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up uh, the offerings and sacrifices. And the glorious pr presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshipped and praised the Lord saying, He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices to the Lord, and King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 cattle, 120,000 sheep and goats. And so the king and all the people dedicated the temple. When Solomon finished praying, the presence of the Lord fell. It was a place of relationship with the Lord. He was there. And in Matthew 21, 12 to 13... It says, Jesus entered the temple, this was, was um, uh, obviously the New Testament, and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables and the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called the house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. That's why he was so angry with those when they turn the temple into a marquee and buying and selling, it's the opposite of what it was designed for. It was designed to be a place of intimacy, a place of relationship. And he began to drive out um, those that were buying and selling. He knocked over the tables and the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. And when we come back to ourselves being a temple, Maybe today there is something that needs to be driven out to return the temple to fit it was made for. I'm not telling you fit you may or may hear this place this morning. It could be impurity, fear, jealousy, greed, immorality, worry, anxiety. There are examples. But I just want to ask a question personally. Is there anything that's holding you back today? because the temple, there is somebody that can come in this place this morning and kick out the tables that drive out the, folk, the, the things that are wrong 
and they will happily come and inhabit your temple this morning. Maybe it's just spending time with, with Jesus and beginning to grow more like him. In First Chronicles 28, 9, David spoke to Solomon, his son, and, and he says, And Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a will and mind, for the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him, but if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. And at the end of Solomon's life, it didn't have finished great for him. It, the Lord had said to, um, uh, to, to other people, Israelites, actually, didn't I go and marry only foreign woman? Because they'll turn you off uh, the Lord and they will turn you on to foreign gods. Solomon didn't uh, just marry one foreign woman. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. A thousand? <laughs> Miriam's students there, but one is enough. <laughs> and she, I did tell her this last night, but I was 700 and 300. One is enough. She says, I, one's enough for you and I. <laughs> so the feeling is mutual. But it said at the end, it said, and, David, eh, and Solomon, this is exactly what happened. And at the end of Solomon's life, a man that said was the most full of wisdom in the world, he ended up worshipping foreign gods. And it comes back and actually says he worshipped other gods rather than being completely faithful like David had been. And when you think about King David, he made a lot of mistakes. He made a lot of mistakes, big mistakes, nice small mistakes, big mistakes. But the Lord counted him faithful to him. That gives me hope this morning. It gives me hope for me, it gives me hope for you, that even though we can go through hard times, do stupid stuff, mark mistakes, that we can still be counted faithful if we just continue to go each day, going through this journey, becoming a temple, spending time with him. And sometimes we spoke about prayer. Sometimes I just like to listen, uh, sit and do nothing. And there is somebody called William Augusto. Um, it's William Augusto and soaking in his presence. And every song is like an hour and they're just background music. And they're awful good. If you just sit and listen, sometimes folk doesn't like silence, but if you just sit and listen, the Lord will plant things in your mind. Or if it's just one verse you're talking and you're sitting with it, the Lord will speak to you. And a lot of the points that I have covered this morning are not individual. We've gone through them individually, but they are crossover. And they really happen together as we, we go through life, and, and, and there's a lot of overlap. But there was a before, and there's an after. So there was before Jesus came. He was prophesied that he would become the cornerstone. There is after, and he is the cornerstone. And the life and death that Jesus, of Jesus, it made it possible for not only us to enter into God's presence, but made it possible for God's presence to live in us. That's amazing. The life and death of Jesus made it possible for not only us to enter into God's presence, but God's presence to live in us. All we need to do is make a decision. He will come. Jesus just wants us. He's got so much more to offer. And if we didn't take him up on it, we're not going to lose our salvation. That was given to us by grace. I heard um, a guy called John Tyson. 
when he was speaking in this area, he said, you'll just be grieved that you chose not to partake in the so much more that he had to offer you. It's a choice. Every day it's a choice. He's got peace, joy, love, power, healing, everything available to us. And this guy, John Tyson, he leads a church, um, a church of the city or city of the church or something. It's in New York anyway. And he's an Australian guy. He's got a young family and he was saved in a revival in, in Australia when he was young. And he'd have us questions about revival and why, why is all this happening? In certain places that are chosen certain times. So he took his family and I think over a couple of months, they went through 14 different places that had had historical revivals um, over the years. And he was going to study, looking for fit the eye in common. And one amazing thing was that it certainly wasn't the denominations. There's been revivals in Methodists. Methodist preacher George Booth that started the Hail Salvation Army. Evangelical, Baptists, Pentecostals. We've had revivals in the Baptists down here for Jock Troop came. Pentecostal, if you look at revival history in America, Roman Catholic Church has seen the revival and movements of the, the, the living God. So it's certainly, nay, we are better than them or anything like that. But at the end of the day, he could only come up with one conclusion. And it was God comes where he's wanted. God comes where he's wanted. A hungry people, a people of prayer, wanting more about him, nay people asking to see revival, just asking for more of the Lord, wanting to spend more time with him. We can pray and pray and pray and pray for revival, but do we want to see revival or do we just want to see Jesus? And this was the common thing. If you pray for, I read something yesterday, if you pray for revival, you might see a show. If you pray for more of Jesus, you'll get revival. And God comes where he's wanted. Not every day is going to be an easy day on this Christian journey. But when Jesus asked the most important commandment was, it says in Matthew 22, 36 to 40, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. There's a lot in there about attitudes and the way to do things. No matter how your day is gone in the earthly realm, in the backward kingdom of God, if you follow that too and put others first, it's been a success. You could have a difficult day in the earthly kingdom uh, life, if you've lived by that, that two there, you kind of covered the last eight or ten, ten commandments. But to do that as well, to love others as yourself, you need to be able to love yourself. If you're to love your neighbor, you need to be able to love yourself as God loves you. You are a child of God made in his image, unique, beautiful, born with a purpose. And let me tell you this morning that God's never made a mistake. You've maybe been told you've been a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. You are born with a purpose. Heidi Baker says, we do not have the answer, but God does. We are not the answer, but God is. All God wants us to do is lay our lives down into his. It's amazing how much stress will disappear as we stop trying to figure it out ourselves and let him lead us day by day. Start each day by asking him what he wants to do 
it takes a load off our shoulders. He will make a way. If he can part the Red Sea for the Israelites, he can handle my situation, and I can entrust it to him. Sometimes I find it difficult. I like to have a plan. We're going here, or we're going there, and this is how I'm going to do it. If I'm going to journey to Edinburgh for a few days, Caleb does not say to me, Dad, have you filled the tank? You got enough fuel to get us there? And Bella does not say, Dad, have you packed enough clays for me? She just assumes she's going to have 14 sets of clays for three days. And Judah doesn't ask, far are we going to eat, Dad? Because he doesn't eat anyway. But that's besides the point. They trust me. Or they trust their mom. <laughs> but they trust us. They didn't worry. They trust that we will get them there and they are the provision for that journey. They are on the journey. They're in the car. They experience every bump that we go are in the car. First in being in at New Leeds, just as you've been doing, Abdi it. But I'm in the car, I'm in control, and they're comfortable in the back fighting. Carrie Underwood's got a song, I'm not sure, I was just thinking about this yesterday. Carrie Underwood, is King Carrie Underwood? Country fans, country music fans, Andra likes Carrie Underwood. She's got a song called Jesus Take the Wheel. And it's good. It's about Jesus taking the wheel. And I was thinking about this yesterday. And I was thinking about Stevie. Um, as he's doing his driving lessons, I'm sure or sometimes, because I might even, I was in driving lessons, like sometimes the instructor's sitting at his side. And then they grab the wheel and haul it as you're coming towards. Just that one hand. <laughs> And then I was thinking back to it, it says, Jesus, take the wheel. Are you willing to give Jesus the wheel this morning? Or are you going to be a Stevie? That continue every time you think God's taking you a place that you maybe didn't Oh, I, wasn't, I never planned for us, God. Or we're we just going to say, Jesus, take the wheel. And after listening to Carrie Underwood there, it's a good song. Um, but I finish here with another thing that uh, Heidi Baker said. Really amazing. What is your destiny? Is it to go to university? Be in a hospital? Live in a garbage dump? Or go to the nations? Wherever you end up, and whatever you, you do, your destiny is this. To be fully possessed by God's presence. To carry His glory. To be recklessly devoted then, if you're a uni at a university, a hospital, or a garbage dump, you are his resting place. And all that can exist there is life and beauty. Remember, you are a presence carrier. Immerse yourself in Jesus' presence and allow him to spill into every area of your life. You are his dwelling place, his temple. Amazing. So just as we finish, I want to pray um, give folks the opportunity to, to respond this morning. Um, and then we'll maybe have a time of worship in, in prayer just as we finish. But just as every eye is uh, closed, you maybe didn't again for Jesus says, but I've spoken about this, uh, Father. It says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his son. He loved you. And sometimes life is a lonely um, journey, but we have this opportunity to say, Jesus, I want you to come and be part of my journey. And in fact, I don't want you to be part of my journey. I want to give you the wheel. Become the cornerstone in my life. If that's something you want to do for the first time in this morning, and I'll just wait 30 seconds and uh, give, give you the opportunity to pop your hand and then we'll, 
we'll uh, say a prayer together with everybody. Um, I want to linger on it, and then we'll we'll, we'll move on. Um, but I, if that's if that's you, or even if you have been in that place, and you, you like Kevin said earlier, you've maybe been that prodigal son, and you're coming back this morning. Feel free to pop your hands. So if you if that's you, just raise your hand, and I'll see it, and then put it down. See you there. See you there. See you there. Is there anybody else in this place this morning? Yeah, just while every eye's um, closed in this place, let's just ask CS prayer with the with the two that's um, raised their hands this morning. Father, I thank you for dying for me. I thank you that you came and you, you took uh, everything that I couldn't have deemed myself. Your body was broken, you were whipped, you were bruised. So I could live. And Jesus, I thank you for um, coming into my heart today. for forgiving me and forgetting every sin that I've ever committed. Father, as we move forward, I pray that you would be with me. We'll ask it in your name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, we, we, uh, we thank you for being with us today. Um, just as Paul and the, the guys come up, we'll just have a time of worship and, and we're just going to open up the front here. Um, there's been a number of areas we've covered um, today, but if there is anybody um, that wants prayer for anything, if there's anything that needs driven out to make room for Jesus like we spoke about, that's between you and God, but we'll be happy just to, 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 to cover you in prayer this morning. If there's anybody that's just wanting to commit themselves to becoming a dwelling place and just wants more or... Anybody wants to be filled with the Spirit, maybe you haven't been filled with the Spirit before. If you want to be filled with the Spirit so, so uh, that, that, that the Spirit of the Lord is within you, um, again, just feel free to come down as we're worshiping, and then we'll take the tithes and offerings after that. But thank you for listening. Amen.